Welcome to Casual Talk Radio Podcast found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister, I'm your host. Thank you for dialing in today, whether you're an existing subscriber or a new listener. We welcome everybody. Got a couple things to get out of the way first, and then we're going to get right into our topic for today. Casualtalkradio.net. That's our website. Check it out for all of our different podcast episodes, past and present. We're constantly making updates. We're refining the website experience. If you have any feedback, we'd appreciate hearing it. You can hit the contact link at the top, fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio, and it may be played on the air. Who knows? Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. Birds are chirping and the pain is receding, I think, means it's getting close to summertime. It's hot, very hot. The air conditioner is starting to run more frequently than it did before. We had a pretty lengthy winter. Yes, I'm in Nevada. And if you're new, welcome. My name is Leister. I'm telling the story as your host today that used to be cold and it was a really extended. I mean, I think our winter pretty much lasted all the way through April, which is unusual. It was cold, really cold. We didn't get ice, and I don't recall any snow this time like we did when I first moved here. But we did. It was cold. It was freezing cold. Separately, I have whatever. What? Well, not all, but I have what I most needed to get out of here. I've got plates on the car I plan not to keep, and I have plates on the car I do plan to keep. I got uh, all those sorted, and then I've got to start packing the car and get the rest of my stuff packed up and just schedule it around. We got some major stuff in my two endeavors I've scheduled around that because it seems like I may need to go earlier than the end of the month, which I haven't planned to because I paid for a whole month's rent and I didn't want to burn it, but I had to pay the tax bill. Tax bill for this first segment, I've got uh, five segments. And the first segment was pretty large. I know it sounds like, okay, it's only five segments. Just to put it in perspective, for me, one segment of the tax bill is probably more than most people make in a month because I make a lot of money. So they nailed me to the wall. It's fine. It is what it is. I expected it full hearted. It's fine. No problem. So I've got a plan game for going forward to solve all this separately. Um, I had to get my shingles in order and get it under control. It is under control. The pain's nowhere near as bad as it was. And I've got it managed. My skin has some feeling back to it, not all the way, but some back to it and all the, lesions and everything are starting to go away. So that's all good. I figured today, I'm going to skip the transition, jump right into, I figured today, some people might be curious and wondering, and I'm, you're going to have to forgive me. I'm going to use words that may be somewhat offensive to certain people. And I'm going to apologize in advance, but I think it's necessary in this regard only because I think it emphasizes what some people might be feeling and thinking in their minds. The number one question I suspect theory because, of course, our news sucks, right? We don't have quality newspapers anymore. TV is garbage. All people have to get their news is online. Online has a lean bias towards what they want you to believe and feel. And there are emotional triggers designed to set you off and make you angry. You don't have anything that just boils down the facts. Let me try my desperate darndest to share what I believe are the facts around what is referred to as the debt ceiling. In the United States, you may be wondering, what is it? In one sentence, think of our debt ceiling in the United States as a line of credit that we have imposed upon ourselves. And I know it sounds weird, but this following, we have imposed upon ourselves 
ostensibly to control spending. Ironic, yes? This was originated back in 1917. The idea that we should always have this limit on how much we can borrow in order to make sure our bills are paid. And when I say bills, bills are, it's money that we owe to other countries. So there's this, I don't want to say a Ponzi scheme, but it's pretty damn close to a Ponzi in a sense that there's all this debt that we owe and we might default on and we as a country don't take in enough money to cover what we owe year over year, decade over decade. This is why there's always this chatter around raising the debt ceiling. Now, you might have heard if you were following history way back in the, in the Clinton administration, Bill Clinton was one of the first where he was actually able to balance the budget and put us at a surplus. Every president since, though, has put us more in the red. I'm not excluding anybody. Bottom line is, every single one puts us in the red. The vast majority of this is military spending. People are like, well, why is it that military spending is so large of a chunk if we're not at war? I'm talking the country. We're not at war. What happens is there are these opportunities to create a defensive position, maintain a defensive position, hold a defensive position, do observations, do monitoring, do intelligence gathering. There's all these other things that have nothing to do with war. You might not understand, but although there's this agreement between the United Nations, the truth is it's not really that we trust each other. Let's just be honest. It's not that we trust each other. We simply need each other for the purposes of trade and economy. And as a result, it's, it's kind of this silent agreement that we'll get along. We don't like each other. When you see, you know, Xi Jinping before and he would come and look all happy with the president, they don't like each other. Countries don't like each other. When Donald Trump was out there with Kim Jong-un for North, Carolina, North Korea, they don't like each other. It's all show. It's all show for their people because what they're trying to do is show their people no, we can get along, but there's no allegiance per se, only within what you own. Because at the end of the day, everybody wants land, everybody wants property, and greed runs rampant. Don't fool yourself into thinking that everything's kumbaya because it's not. So as a result, the United States in itself has largely been positioned as, as far as the U.S. dollar, positioned as kind of the go-to currency in demand, everything you wants. So we have a lot of debt that we've accumulated. Basically, we've sold to different countries, and so we owe. We owe money. We can't make enough money to pay our bills because we keep spending because we don't trust and we feel like we have to enforce in certain places, so we ramp up our military constantly all the time. <laughs> now, if you accept what I just said, which is that we can't bring in enough money, if you accept that, we're, we're good, but chances are you don't because you're wondering, well, our taxes keep going up. If our taxes keep going up, how's it we're not able to pay our bills? Then it goes into the conversation about taxing the rich. Here's the bottom line, and this is going to be my opinion, but I'm pretty sure you can vet it yourself. Decades ago, we used to be at our own power with our own manufacturing. We used to build our own stuff. We used to make our own things. We rushed to outsource a lot of it. There was a time when we would do customer service call center here locally. We would manufacture semiconductors here locally. We would do weaponry here locally. We would do computers here locally. We were a power in 
manufacturing ourselves. We had what we needed and we hired people and jobs were at an all-time high. When companies started offshoring, started sending some of the manufacturing like cars, you probably heard that they're built down in Mexico. Phones, you probably heard Foxconn, which is over in a different country. You hear that all of these things that we rely on are manufactured in different countries. Have you noticed the price of cell phones seems to go up, not down? The price of cars seems to go up, not down, which is contrary to what you saw during the era of plasma TVs. Plasma TVs launched at 15 grand. Over time, the price went down. Because what's supposed to happen is as you get saturation and as it's cheaper to manufacture because you're making enough money to offset the cost of goods and services, the price of these should be going down. What we have is because we're tossing more technology into things, sometimes needlessly so, and because of our offshoring and trying to recoup and trying to pay investors and shareholders, the prices of things is actually going up. You're actually losing even though the price is going up goes back to my argument about cars not coming with CD players, which is crap, and I'm sorry, I'll say it. How does this all tie to the debt ceiling? You got to understand that the way our government is doing is very akin to a credit limit that they self-raise. We are, need to authorize ourselves to borrow more and more money because we don't get enough of it to pay our bills. So we got to borrow more to pay our bills. And it hits a powder keg. During the Trump administration, Trump actually fought because he was trying to get funds for a border wall and he couldn't, and he was trying to tie it to an increase in the debt ceiling and he couldn't get it. And there's this back and forth with Pelosi and Schumer and ultimately nothing happened. So, okay, they, they, hit the, they hit the deadline. And what happens? You start seeing airports start to shut down because funding was impacted. And so they had to scramble to get something done. You, you got to be thinking that doesn't feel like a very well-run business, and it's not. Our government isn't and has not been a very well-run business. They run based on, in this case, leverage. Because what they're talking about now with McCarthy and Joe Biden and everybody in the government right now, all you have is the Treasury saying we need to borrow more money. Congress basically says, well, on one side, Sure, we'll let you raise the ceiling, but you need to cut some. You need to cut some spend over here. They don't want to cut spend because what it does is kills off a lot of Joe Biden's wish list items that he spent money on. During the Trump administration, there was no such ask to cut on spend. It was just, yeah, sure, we'll go and raise. Yeah, sure, we'll go and raise. Yeah, we'll sure go and go and raise. <laughs> so now, in the current, they're saying, well, wait a minute. How are you putting all these conditions on us here and you didn't have any conditions when Trump was in office? What the heck's that all about? We see what you're doing. You're trying to undo what Biden was doing. Yes, that's exactly what they're trying to do because it was never about the debt ceiling. They're using it as leverage. That's their only opportunity to try to force change on people is to threaten to shut down the government. And you see it every single time. It keeps happening over and over again. When this tends to get close, people get skittish. They don't know what's going to happen People might lose their jobs. They might get furloughed. Stock market certainly will have an issue. People might get cut, right? We're talking, this is not good. And it's certainly not good that they're playing chicken with people's lives. But that's the reality of the government that we have and have had because we never seem to want to fix the underlying cause. Because it's not really just about cutting spend. That's certainly one aspect of it. There's got to be more to it, though. 
not just cutting spend. Cutting spend will cut a significant chunk of what we're dealing with. We also have to figure out why spend keeps getting introduced for silly things. There are bills out there right now. There was one bill that talked about polishing of statues. There was one bill that talked about a park and something else. There was one bill that talked about security for one other thing. And there's all these wasteful line items that nobody's really auditing. And so spend just happens. It's assumed and has been assumed for decades. Well, tax revenue covers. Meanwhile, as you've noticed, more taxes seem to get collected. Then separately, in many cases, the states have to collect their own taxes. The states then, (laughs) what they should be doing is investing back into things like infrastructure, things like jobs. And we don't see that either. The companies, because their tax bill goes up as well, start cutting employees to save on costs. We just recently saw this where there's a number of employees getting cut in various companies like 3M because as we see this higher amount of spend happening, it's going to trickle down, trickle down economics. You've heard the term. Now, this one is unique because the Democrats right now, they want a, quote, clean debt limit bill. They want to have the ability to borrow at will Without any preconditions, we just borrow and it's whatever. We can do whatever. We don't have to worry about spend. We don't have to worry about cuts. We can just borrow whatever the heck because they think, no, we, that's going to open up doors. That's going to let basically capitalism shine because we're keeping things running. We can borrow at will and do whatever. You, as somebody as an individual taxpayer, likely or has been one, it doesn't feel good for you because your bill is going to go up. Guaranteed. So on the flip side, certain people want to see, no, we want to see that you're cutting spend. We want to see that you're saving money. We want to see that you're using taxpayer dollars correctly. Republicans were accused of wanting to cut certain social services, Social Security, Medicare, VA, because the regular person relies on these. Republicans said, no, that's not what we're trying to do. You're lying. That's crap. What we really want to focus on and defund are things like the Department of Education came up because it's wasteful and because they were trying to inject common core and woke methodologies and everything else into the school system. Plus you have colleges and their curriculums. that's in some cases a waste of money, but also some of these environmental programs that add no benefit and they are a detriment to other industries such as oil. Again, it's this tug of war of who can get their wish list in there and they're using the debt ceiling, again, like a game of chicken to see who's willing to give first. So then what are the options? The options that has been done in the past is they, Congress, when I say they, can pass a temporary bill, suspends the debt ceiling. So if it sounds like a house of cards, it kind of is because the debt ceiling is imposed only upon ourselves. It's not that there's anything else out there We impose it on ourselves. It's something we have imposed upon ourselves, not somebody opposing it upon us. So they always do these short-term extensions, extensions, extensions to buy time, or we'll shut down certain parts of the government because money can't get over there, but it has to go through Congress in order to make it work. They don't want to do the short-term. They want to do something permanent, and there never has been something permanent because of the game chicken that I talked about. One other option was, you know what, Joe Biden in the executive branch could basically just issue an order to say, you know what, let's just go ahead and literally mint 
mint new money. So we're not talking the existing money in circulation. We're talking mint new money, mint new currency, create a brand new currency that has this value. <laughs> if this sounds like very similar to crypto, that's kind of what it is. And that would have the same downsides. You, you got to understand, you can't just make money out of thin air. You got to do something to get some. And this is the problem with the devaluing of fiat is because it puts you in this corner where you're so dependent on it. You have no option when you are lower and you don't have enough of it. The other piece of this for the executive branch is that Biden could do an executive order that basically says, I don't care about this debt ceiling crap, borrow what you need to keep us going. He actually theoretically could do it, but there's other pieces. Because we have three branches of government, if he goes and, do, and does that, he's going to get challenged, I guarantee you, because that's an overreach. The other piece of this is, it, let's say that they do go forward and they do this, yep, go borrow what you need, executive branch, this is my edict. Some money gets borrowed or issued. Let's say Congress says, no, you didn't have the right to do that. It gets hang up in the courts and now you got a problem. Then what happens to that debt? It might be rendered illegal. And now you got problems because the investors who are part of this are at, at risk. And now we've burned bridges and relationships. There's no good option here because of how long this has been going. If they don't do something, you got a lot. It's, it's a domino effect. Again, the first start of it before when Trump was trying to hold out, I remember was one of the airports in New York was shutting down. And that was when they urgently said, okay, crap, we got to do something. Because if you start having your ports, it was, I remember it was like TSA was, have, was having issues and then the airport itself was having issues. You're talking border security. You're talking travel impacted. You're talking tourism impacted. You're talking all of our logistics and so that's just a start, like just at the perimeter, but also all of the investors who hold the debt, they're not going to be very happy out there. Foreign governments, when I say this, Social Security is going to be impacted. Medicare is going to be impacted. You're going to potentially have layoffs, mass layoffs on businesses. Businesses might feel as though they can't afford to let go of their money. If you have everybody holding back and nobody spending and a bunch of people getting laid off, what do you end up doing? you're going to cause a recession and possibly a depression and it becomes this steamroll. Now people have argued the contrary. They've said, maybe it's time to rip the bandaid off. Maybe it's time to just let it go. We know it's going to be painful for a period. The reason that that's not a popular choice is because as a society, as a government, we choose not to protect worker rights in the olden days you could have fallen back on the pension and the pension might've taken care of you. So if you'd worked at a company because they are loyal and they value you as an employee. And so because you're there for three years, they'll set you up on a pension and you're taken care of. So if you were laid off, it wasn't that big of a deal. And in most cases you were assured to get your job back. I had a distant relative. He was like in his fifties and he was, he was, um, he discharged and then he was called back in. He got his regular position and he was fine. You're not going to have that these days. They'll just let you go and hire somebody else cheaper or just outsource to some other country. We don't have protections on the workers. And people don't understand that without the workers, you can't support the economy. Without the economy and support, you're not getting money put back into it. So it just makes it worse. We're falling further behind 
on the gap between the money we bring in and the money that's spent. As a result, people are afraid to rip the bandage off because the first times we've tried, it has not gone very well and too many people are afraid because of what would happen. So my guess, and it's only a guess, is they'll make a deal at the late minute just like they always do and have people worrying. There's probably going to be a period of layoffs for some industries, probably going to be some companies that start shutting down because it seems like that always happens. They wait till the last minute and they play chicken with, with your taxpayer dollars because they can't balance their own checkbooks. And that's where we're at. Future state, it's not going to change. Even if we, even if it's some mystical world where we get away from fiat, we're still going to have the problem because you got so much of this dependency on people's salaries, on the greater debt across the, the world that people have purchased and the investors and them getting their money back that they've invested. There's, it's, it's a house of cards. It, and if it feels like it, it should, because that's what it is. And it's not going to get any better before it gets any worse. All I can say is if you're one of those industries, like say you work in public service or something, but even healthcare, I think is affected by this. If you're one of those industries, I think you should be concerned, but I do think that they will get it signed out and figured out at the very last minute. That's unfortunate because again, you're playing chicken with people's lives and people's money. That's all we've got here today on casual talk radio, gentlemen's world. Hopefully it's been informational, educational, and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday. So we'll be back for our next episode. Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. We will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process. That's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at casualtalkradio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted, or you can add it to your platform of choice. For now, take care, and I will see you on our next upload.